0: Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I'm really looking forward to sharing with you today a few of the major takeaways I had after coming home from the last weekend of my 2019 business mastermind, this episode is really for somebody who's curious about the trends of successful people, of bold people, of people who do not stand behind their fear, but who move beyond it. Because that's really what I saw in the other folks' in this business mastermind, as well as all of the speakers that came in over the course of the year. So I'm going to share that with you guys today. Before we get into my major takeaways, I want to give you two quick reminders. The first one is that we are kicking off our free challenge, totally free, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving in the US, not Thanksgiving in Canada, which is Sunday, the 24th of November, the 24th of this month, I'm going to be doing a totally free seven day challenge to help you get through not just the holidays, but certainly that, but really help give you some tools to be happier, to be more mindful, to be more deliberate and intentional in your choices, more in control of your feelings through some specific journaling prompts every single day. Totally free, I'm a big journaler. It is one of the primary tools I use with my clients to build awareness so we can create change. And I would love for you to just go through this free seven day challenge with me. Again, it starts on Sunday, November the 24th. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is to join our Primal Potential Facebook group, totally free, just a group of people who listen to the show, sometimes talk about it inside the Facebook group, but I'll be posting the daily prompts in there. Alternatively, you can get on the wait list for our Winter 2020 12 Weeks to Transformation because I will be sharing the challenges there as well. And both of those links, will be in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 681, because, of course, this is episode 681. And yes, I know we had said for a couple months there that I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen with the winter 12 Weeks to Transformation that starts in January, but there will be a inaugural 2020 12 Weeks to Transformation, it starts the first Sunday in January, which is the 5th, I believe. January 5th, 2020 is when we will kick off, but registration opens first to the waitlist, and that will open up December 11th, so less than a month from now. Here's the other thing about getting on the waitlist. Every single week, I have been emailing the waitlist, to share tools with them, challenges with them, peaks inside the 12 Weeks to Transformation so they can get a sense of what to expect in that process, and also really get a sense of my coaching style. So you can get on the wait list as part of this free challenge or not as part of this free challenge. Uh, You can get on the wait list by going to the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 681, or... By going directly to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about this mastermind. I joined this mastermind back in January of 2019, went for the full year. The purpose of the mastermind was to help business owners grow personally and professionally through internal work and also through their network. And we got together three times over the course of the year. And in those meetings that were about three days long, we would have different guest speakers. We would do all sorts of different activities. We would set goals and also put wagers on those goals. Like I remember the goal I set in January, if I didn't hit it, I had to wear a tutu in front of the group and sing, I'm a little teapot. And you better believe I hit my goal because I was not going to sing I'm a little teapot, or wear a tutu in front of that group of people. But it it was a stretch for me, joining this mastermind. And I say that because I hear it all the time from people who are worried about investing them, in themselves in one way or another, whether that's a course or a program or a retreat, something like Ascend or the 12 Weeks to Transformation. I totally understand how nerve-wracking it can be to take that step that says, I'm going to do this, right? Because it requires some confidence. It requires some belief in ourselves. And that's not easy. That's not always an easy thing to do. So when I joined this mastermind, it was very expensive. And it put me in a few situations that are far outside my comfort zone, namely having to do work one-on-one with another individual or having to do work in front of a group of very successful people. And I'm much more of an introvert. But I also knew that it was a huge part of how I was going to grow. And it has been. I've shared before that though the money invested in this intimidated the heck out of me, there was something really interesting that happened when I spent that money And that is, it called me to a more serious, a higher version of myself, right? Like, I started to take things a bit more seriously when I put that much money on the line. And that was really good for me, even though it was very intimidating. I just got back, as of the day I'm recording this, I think I've been back for about 24 hours, from the last of our in-person meetings for this mastermind of the year. And so while it's fresh in my mind and I'm going through my notes and I'm identifying what I want to put into action from what we talked about, I wanted to share with you a few of my major takeaways as it relates to the people in the mastermind, all successful business owners, almost all of them seven figures and higher, but also more than their financial success, Their boldness and their courage really left an impression on me. It really did. So I wanted to share a few of my major takeaways. And the first one is, and this is something that I continue to to come up against over and over, and, and it's a powerful lesson every time, and that is we don't ask for help because we can't find an answer on our own. But we ask for help so that we can get a better answer or a better path or a better understanding faster. One of the themes in this mastermind, and again, this is with people who have built successful businesses, seven figures and above, and we ask a lot of questions about our path or about our goals, or we talk very candidly about things we are struggling with, not because we can't find the answer on our own. In fact, I think to get to that level in business, you have to be really comfortable just trying things or researching or you know, seeing what other people have done. So there's not anybody in that room who couldn't find an answer on their own, and yet they ask for help because that brings them to a better answer or a better path or a better understanding, and it does it faster. And this always strikes me as so profound because when I'm working with clients or even not clients, even just people who listen to the podcast, they'll say, well, I didn't reach out for help because I already know what to do, but I'm not doing it. Or I didn't reach out for help because I already know what you're going to say. And I'm so quick to remind them, guys, that's not why we speak up. That's not why we ask for help. We're not asking for help because we're incapable of trying something on our own or coming up with an idea or a strategy on our own. It's not that at all. It's that when you involve other people and you get other perspectives, you get a better answer or a better path. Or in a lot of cases, we break out of a funk faster. So sometimes what comes up in these mastermind meetings isn't necessarily, I don't know what to do, but I'm not doing the things that I know I need to do. And then we look at, okay, well, why? Is there a limiting belief there? Is there a fear there? Is there an obstacle that hasn't yet been acknowledged that we can collectively as a group help you remove? And that is where the breakthrough happens. Successful people don't stay quiet because they're capable of finding an answer on their own. I can figure it out. I know what they're going to say. I know what I should be doing. They speak up and they voice their struggles and their questions and their problems because that is a faster path to growth because that brings us to a better solution. You know, I went into this mastermind, this last meeting that we had um, in end of October, early November, I went into it very clear on what my goals and priorities are for the next six to 12 months, right? And a lot of the work that we did was on establishing and clarifying our goals and priorities for the next 12 months. But that doesn't make me feel like, oh, I could have done this on my own, and here's why. Because every single time I shared These are my goals and priorities. These are my roadblocks or my fears. This is what I'm struggling with. Even when I know options for overcoming those struggles, collectively, we come up with something better. They bring to me something I hadn't considered before or a new way of approaching things that I wouldn't have thought of on my own. And that is why there's so much power in speaking up, in sharing your goals, in asking for help, in being very real and vulnerable about your challenges and your struggles. This is always profound for me because I am an independent person, right? And I can just put my head down and grind it out. And I can very much make a case for not asking for help. And this reminds me that it's not about being independent. It's about being better, right? It's about coming up with an even better solution or an even faster resolution. And it's always a really great reminder for me because I hear it so often from from my clients. The most successful people who are doing the most, it's not because they just know more. It's because they aren't afraid to speak up, to be vulnerable, to have those uncomfortable conversations. I'll be the first one to say that for me, it is not comfortable to stand in front of a room and say, these are my goals for 2020. It's not. It's not, and and I think part of that is because I'm holding myself accountable, right? If I put it out there and then I don't do it, all these people are going to know, but also, are my goals lame? Are they big enough? Are they too big, right? Are Are they vain? Are they silly? Whatever. Thinking about how other people might perceive them, but that is why it's so powerful because as I do that and I feel those feelings, I'm able to grow through them. And say, this is not about how somebody else perceives my goal. This is not about pers- or comparing my goal to somebody else's. This is about an exercise in showing up and choosing growth instead of choosing to stay inside my comfort zone. So seen across all of these successful people was the reality that we're not asking for help because we can't find an answer on our own or we can't do it on our own or we can't figure it out on our own, but we ask for help and we share our challenges and we share our goals because collectively, that's how we get a better answer. That's how we see things that maybe we wouldn't have seen on our own and it's how we get there faster. The other thing that came up a lot over this past few days that I spent with the mastermind but it's also come up all year long because in between these meetings we have we have zoom calls and we have little accountability groups and things like that but the thing that came up for everybody everybody that I heard speak had some degree of fear fear of failure fear of trying something new fear of the unknown fear of judgment fear of not being good enough comparison and the fears that that can bring. And without a doubt, these people see fear as a doorway and not as a barrier. It's uncomfortable. It's something that we all work through. But no matter their degree of success, they all have fears of some kind. And they all proceed anyway, right? This is something I've talked a lot about here. But It is instructive for me every single day that our feelings are just that. They are feelings. They are not in any way barriers. We can convince ourselves that they are in fact barriers, that they are stopping us, but they're not. Your feelings are just feelings. They do not prevent you from taking the next step, from making the next move, from creating some sort of change or shift in your life. They're just a feeling. You can feel the fear and do it anyway. So for you, whether that's fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of effort, fear of change, understand that that fear is not in any way a barrier. So many people will say to me like, oh, I'm really, I'm I'm afraid to do this, whether it's commit to the 12 weeks to transformation or to any other change in their life, because I'm afraid that I won't follow through. That fear is just a feeling. It is not a barrier. And in fact, it's all the more important that you do soldier on, that you do march through that because otherwise, if you decide to live behind the fear, if you decide to convince yourself that that fear is a barrier, then you don't grow. For all the people that I've gotten to know in this mastermind, one of the most prominent commonalities is that the fear is not where they stop. The fear is where they're starting, right? Whether it's a new product or it's a a new line of business or it's a new mindset or a new goal, the fear is their starting point. It is not in any way their ending point. It is not where they stop. It is not what they stand behind. It's what they continue on through. This third one is one that not only did I write down over the course of the weekend, but I've gone back to it a few times since then and really looked at what this means to me and what I can do with it. This lesson for me was that we all have lower limits, right? Oh, I'm, I'm better than that. I can do better than that, right? Like I, I definitely brush my teeth every day, right? Like that's, that's, that's a priority. I'm not going to skip brushing my teeth. We all have lower limits a threshold that we think, well, I'm better than that. I can do more than that. We also all have upper limits, a point at which we start to doubt ourselves and say, I don't know about that. I'm not quite sure I can do that. I'm not sure I could make that or have that or be that or stick to that. And both these upper limits and these lower limits are entirely made up, they're entirely self-created. And in between, the lower limit where you think, oh, please, I've got that. I can do better than that. My standards are higher than that, and the upper limit that makes you go, oh, I don't know about that, between those two points that you've arbitrarily invented is your comfort zone, right? Where you know you can operate, but you're not pushing past that, Cheese, I'm not sure. Geez, I'm not sure that I could be financially free. Geez, I'm not sure that I could start my own business. Geez, I'm not sure that I could be consistent enough to lose weight. That point in between, that space in between these points that you've invented is your comfort zone. Here's the beautiful thing. We create both those limits through our beliefs and the stories we tell ourselves and our perspectives. So maybe it's time that you raise that lower limit. Maybe it's time that you raise that upper limit. Maybe it's time that you do both. And I'll tell you what this has looked like for me in coming home and and reflecting on this is what are those lower limits? Like I'm not going to, you know, eat pancakes for breakfast. I'm not going to drink soda. You know, what are those lower limits for me that I'm like, I don't, I'm better than that. You know, I don't, I don't uh, carry a balance on my credit card month to month. I pay it off, in fact, every week, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to put debt on my credit card and not pay it off, right? I'm better than that. Those are some of my lower limits. I'm not going to be a jerk to a stranger for no reason. Like, I'm, I'm kinder than that. I started to look at what are those lower limits, and then I started to look at what are those upper limits. What are the things that I'm like, well, I don't really know if I could do that. I'm not quite sure about that. I don't know if I could be that consistent. I don't know if I could be that disciplined. I don't know if I could be that successful. You have defined these parameters, and you get to redefine these parameters. And what I noticed and the people in this mastermind is that they're always redefining these parameters. They're always looking to raise the bar. They're always looking to step out of their comfort zone and do something that maybe they doubt their ability to do or do something that is beyond their comfort zone, which leads to the next thing I really took away from this year with these people in this mastermind is we get to choose. Every day we can get better every day. We can wake up with a little bit more energy, right? Intentionally psyching ourselves up in the morning. We can be better at how we greet the day every single day. Or we can be a little bit better in the gym every single day. We can be a little bit better in our client relationships every single day. We can be a little bit better in our communication with our loved ones every single day. We can be a little bit better in how we care for ourselves, how we eat our meditation, our journaling every single day. And this is true in business, right? I can improve this copy here just a little bit. I can resist distractions here just a little bit more today than I did yesterday. I can be more strategic with my time today. I can reach out to somebody about a new opportunity that scares me a little bit. Get a little bit better every single day. Yes, we all have full lives, no doubt about it, but stop convincing yourself that you're so busy that you just can't get any better because that's garbage. Because in the things that you're already doing, whether that's picking your kids up from school, sending an email at work, sitting in a conference room, or grocery shopping, or preparing your dinner, there are countless opportunities, truly countless, to be a little bit better every single day. And people who are growing, people who are making an impact, people who are changing their lives and investing in themselves are just a little bit better every single day. This next one has been massive for me over the last year. It's really shifted for me over the last year too. And that is these people create clarity. And notice that I didn't say they have clarity, right? They're super clear on what they want. They create clarity. And I want to add a little bit more color to this because there's a big difference between knowing what you want in terms of your goals and knowing what you want in terms of your life, right? Sure, there are a lot of people who say, I want to get out of debt and I want to lose 20 pounds. Clarity. No, that's not what I'm talking about. The type of clarity that I've really embraced this year because of this mastermind is What do I really want for my life? This was missing for me for such a long time, especially when I was really, really focused on weight loss. Because all I really had clarity on is I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, but I didn't have any idea how I wanted to live. In that initial pursuit of weight loss, there wasn't balance, there wasn't a lot of peace. It was very desperate, it was very myopic. And it wasn't reflective of how I want to live. You know, I didn't want to live bringing my food in a a cooler to Thanksgiving dinner with my family. That's not how I wanted to live. But I didn't have clarity on how I wanted to live. Same thing in business, right? It's easy to say when you're building a business, you know, I just want to get to that seven figure mark. I want to have my first million dollar year. Okay, but what about the clarity for your life? And I've worked really hard on that this year. What do I want my days to look like? What do I want my life to look like? How do I want to spend my time? And when you come at it from that perspective and you make sure that your individual goals fit within that framework of what you want your life to look like, you spend a lot less time being what I call an unhappy achiever. Somebody who's like, I'm going to get out of debt. And then they get out of debt and they're still unhappy because they hate their body. And I'm going to lose weight. And then they lose weight. And then they're not happy because they have no relationships or no confidence or both. Right? But when you know and you have clarity and you choose to create that clarity and revisit that clarity and refine that clarity, you don't fall into that trap of being an unhappy achiever. And there's just too many unhappy achievers who have all these goals and they're making all this progress and they're freaking miserable. What do you want for your life? What do you want for your relationships? How do you want to feel every single day? How do you not want to feel? What do you not want for your relationships? And what are you doing about that? Two more here, big takeaways from this year that I've spent in this business mastermind. Be okay with change. In fact, expect it, create it. I wish that I could successfully articulate for you the number of people in this mastermind, these people with very successful businesses who have done total 180s, who have set goals publicly and said, if I don't hit it, I'll sell my car. If I don't hit it, I'll cut my hair. If I don't hit it, I'll donate $10,000 to this charity. And then they come to the next meeting and they say, you know what, it wasn't the right thing. I changed course, scrapped it completely, started over because it wasn't aligned with what I want or it was a bad idea or it didn't work out and I hadn't considered X, Y, and Z. And that's what allows them to be successful because they don't say, oh, I failed, I screwed up, this didn't work, I might as well cry in my cereal and, you know, tell myself I'm a failure. They know that part of business is embracing change, is not only being okay with change, but choosing change when things are not going how they want them to be, which is totally the opposite of throwing a pity party because it didn't turn out the way you thought it would, the way you hoped it would. I would say, and I can't think of specifics for every single person in this group, but I would say 90% of the people in the group had massive pivots set this goal, realized it wasn't what they wanted for their business. It wasn't what they wanted for their life. They had misjudged their audience or whatever. And guys, this happens in our personal lives all the time. And the difference between struggle and success is that we get into struggle when we then think, oh, well, I've screwed up. I'm a failure. What's the point? I blew it. What's wrong with me? Why do I always do this? But the successful people say, okay, so now we shift. So now we adjust. There's no drama here. We're just adjusting. Overhauls, problems, losses. You don't have to know where you're going all the time. You just have to keep going. And that is such an empowering shift in perspective and in practice. One of the things that surprised me most, and I I noticed this at our first meeting in January, and I kind of wrote it off. I was a little maybe turned off by it. I was a little confused by it. And then I was noting on my flight home when I was making some notes of some of my takeaways, I noticed how much my perspective had changed and I understood it so much more. So I go into this uh, January meeting and I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I'm trying to think if there's anybody I knew even peripherally. No, I didn't know anybody in this mastermind going into it in January, but there were a bunch of people that did know each other through like professional networks and, and that sort of thing, but, but I don't think I knew anybody. Um, and in this room of, of 40 successful business, business owners, most of whom are seven, eight, nine figure business owners, 70% of them also, in addition to their primary business, were involved in network marketing. And in the first, in the first one, I was like, "What the heck is this? Like a network marketing mastermind?" And I just like didn't know that, and I'm in the wrong place. And I, I really didn't think much of it. I was surprised by it, but I just sort of dismissed it. Not for me. Not interested. And then, as I got to know these people, I realized, no, it definitely wasn't a network marketing mastermind, and they weren't all in the same network marketing company. In fact, there were probably a dozen or more different ones represented but it was just part of how they all diversify, right? And in my own circle where I don't have a lot of like here local to me in my geographical um, base uh, in Massachusetts, I don't have a lot of seven plus figure business owner funds. Um, and it's not just about the money, right? But it's the mindset that comes with creating um, financial success that I'm referring to here. I didn't have anybody in my life at that point in January that was involved in network marketing. So it just seemed, it seemed weird to me. But in talking to people and in leaning into that and wanting to understand and to ask more questions, they were like, hey, I just don't, I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. And it's just a really great way to have another income stream. And, And they're all trying to have anywhere from seven to 10 or more income streams. And and I just was really, really struck by that. And then in this, this last one, when we wrapped up um, just a, f- a few weeks ago, so we've been together for 10, 11 months at that point, I noticed how much my perspective changed. And I was just so grateful for their open-mindedness. Because again, in my personal local to me circle, a lot of people look at it and are like, oh, pfft. Like, that doesn't work. That's for losers, blah, blah, blah. Well, here I am in this room full of very, very successful business owners who choose this as another income stream. It's not their primary business, right? But they do it because it's a really great way to make six and seven figures a year without a huge investment of time. And the reason that I included this on, the, on this list is really not about network marketing. It's actually about mindset. Because I talk to a lot of people who are very close-minded about opportunity. And they're quick to dismiss. They're quick to say, whatever, that's not for me. But the trend that I've noticed with very successful people, again, not just successful financially, but successful in creating something, successful in creating change in their lives, is that they don't dismiss anything. They really don't. They might, they don't choose everything, certainly. But they're never going to say like, oh, my gosh, that's ugh, never, oh, geez, one of those, you know. That's just not how they think. They think in terms of the lifestyle design they're trying to create. And they think in terms of opportunity and possibility. And I see a lot of people who are struggling who don't think in terms of opportunity and possibility. They think in terms of fear. Fear. They think in terms of doubts, and they see things through a filter of what is wrong instead of what is right. And that really inspired me while I was thinking about it on the plane, because I sure as heck want to be one of those people more and more every day, and I want to model for my daughter. I want to model for everyone in my life, especially myself, being somebody who thinks in terms of possibility and opportunity and not somebody who thinks in terms of doubts and fears and past patterns. So those are a few of the big takeaways that I had from my year in this mastermind. I have renewed for another year. And interestingly, this time, the money did not scare me. I mean, it is a significant investment, especially when you factor in the travel multiple times per a year and all of that. But just, just the base is well over $20,000, right? Just the base minimum fee to enter that is not reflective of all of the costs is over $20,000. And that scared the heck out of me the first time. And now, because of the growth that I've chosen, the growth that I've created, having nothing to do with my income and everything to do with my mindset, it doesn't intimidate me. It excites me because I know that I am capable of taking that investment and multiplying its impact on my life if I choose to show up and do the work. And that gets me excited. And that same exact opportunity exists for you every single day. Whether it's in a $7 book that you buy or anything other than that, no matter how high the price tag. You can choose to take the investment of time or to take the investment of money and to multiply its effect by showing up, choosing to allow yourself to be uncomfortable and doing the work. Before we go, I wanna remind you guys that we have this free challenge kicking off on the 24th of November. And you can participate in that totally free challenge by either going to the show notes page of today's episode and getting on the wait list for the winter 2020 12 Weeks to Transformation and or by joining our free Primal Potential Facebook group, and also note that our winter 12 Weeks to Transformation will kick off uh, the first Sunday in January, but registration opens first to the waitlist, and it opens to the waitlist on December 11th. So make sure you're on the wait list. I email that group every single week with different tools, strategies, ideas, sneak peeks inside the fall group. I'd love to connect with you there. Make sure you have a better sense come December 11th, if this is the right thing for you or not. So you can just go to the show notes page for today's episode to find all of those links, primalpotential.com forward slash 681. I'll chat with you soon.